You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and I think we have two great guests lined up for you today here on the Critical Mass Radio Show. Before we get to our first guest, I'd like to let you know if you'd like to learn more about the radio show and the CEO peer groups that I lead, then visit our company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Or if you know somebody who would make a great guest, like Jay's going to be here on the radio show, just call or text me. 949-887-4104. I'm always looking for interesting guests. Speaking of interesting guests, I've invited Jay Peters, who's Managing Director of Park USA and Grow USA, to be on the show. From big-name global brands to non-governmental organizations and academic institutions, Park USA, Jay Peters, consults, coaches, and educates clients on what they need. I've asked Jay to join us again today to discuss more of design thinking and design management. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here and uh, looking forward to uh, the next half hour with you. Yeah, we've had a fun conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before the show, Jay came down early and we had a chance to get to know each other a little bit better. And I'm really excited to kind of explore your background as well as what your firm does. But Let's start kind of with you and your background. Can you think of a story that you'd like to share with our audience that might set the context for who you are as a professional and your background? I think I've got a few, but uh, maybe one that's uh, relevant and maybe a little bit leading into some future um, topics is, long story short, fresh out of undergraduate school with a degree in design um, and also marketing, I started my own company. It was a toy company. Hmm. And uh, I was, let's say, a young, naive designer with the next million-dollar idea and uh, was a no-brainer. Shopped it around to all the big toy houses. Nobody wanted to acquire it or license it, so it was kind of, you know, kill your own baby or raise it. So Uh I decided to raise it and start a company and uh, was a a designer thrown into the business world and quickly learned all the um, nuances of business and manufacturing and Mm. and HR and PR and logistics and finances (laughs) and all that fun stuff. And in retrospect, looking back, I was doing a lot of business model innovation at the time. Uh However, I had no idea what it was. Okay. And uh, fast forward, I went back to graduate school for a degree called business design and uh, ended up meeting a company that that got me to where I'm at today. So Interesting. So before we leave that story, what was the toy or what is the toy? We had a line of uh, action figures for the action sports market. So this was uh, late 90s when skiing and snowboarding were coming a little bit more mainstream, getting into the Olympics. Uh Uh, So a line of action figures sponsored with athletes. Um, We had a board game for the action sports market as well, branched out into all the other sports, uh, wakeboarding, surfing, skating. Uh, Very much, you would say, the the Southern California lifestyle here. I am impressed with how many industries have a density of, of founders and creative people who started industries here and and the active sports industry is certainly one of them this is this is kind of the mecca for that isn't it southern it is, california absolutely I, I, at the time i was actually living in tahoe so this was northern california okay. the, the distant neighbor but oh. uh, i think california in general is okay. the, the startup scene very entrepreneurial right. uh, very progressive so that kind of catapulted my let's say entrepreneurial spirit can i ask how that company ended or how did um, it finish with your tenure with it it did very well we kind of hit the ceiling uh, the next step was to get into big box store so we had mm-hmm. international distribution over a thousand retailers we were at the specialty level it was doing very well uh, me who i am personally I, I got a little bit 
I'm going to say bored. I was looking for new challenges. I knew so you were going to say that word. <laughs> so um, when you said entrepreneur earlier, I figured that's bored. So, so I grew it to you know to let's say I raised my baby to a nice teenager, okay. and, uh, and then decided to to walk away and and look for the next uh, romance. And uh, interesting, interesting. You use those terms, Brian Smith, who is the founder of UGS US, UGS Brands US, brought UGS to the United States. Um, he wrote a book on his experience in building that brand, and he refers to companies as stages of human evolution. You know, I mean, you know, starting as a baby yeah. and then adolescent, etc. So you use similar terms. So. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, we're talking with Jay Peters. He's now Managing Director for Park USA and Grow USA. So tell me what you're doing today, what your firm delivers. You know, why do, why do people hire you to do business with you, and what is it you do for them? So we're very specialized, very exclusive. I use the word boutique, okay. uh, being specialized, but also small. We're, we're a small consultancy, and uh, we also have a sister company in uh, professional education in the same area that we consult in. And try and keep it very simple and straightforward. We, we consult and help our clients deliver more design value. And those are two keywords, design and value. So when uh-huh. I say design... There's design as an output that everybody thinks of. Everything needs to be designed. The artifact, the output, so tennis shoes, toys, technology. You think of a physical thing. A physical thing or possibly a service if you think of banking and finance and and software solutions and all that. So everything needs to be designed. But we're about the... the approach to design. So the process, the tools, the organization, the people, the strategy, everything that's needed to do the design work, mm. but we don't do the design work. Okay. And when we talk about value, design can do a lot. Uh, we know that now with design-centric companies, the Google, the Apple, the Dysons, the Ikeas, um, value can do a lot with uh Revenue, so mm-hmm. uh, increasing revenue, selling more of the same, selling the same for more money, but also decreasing costs, production costs, marketing costs. Can, can it also differentiate the brand? Absolutely. Because when you use those names, I'm thinking those are all differentiated yeah. brands in their space. Yeah, and it's very interesting because design and brand are very much connected. Okay. So design does a lot for brand awareness, brand positioning, brand loyalty, hmm. things like that. Also for innovation and technology, so more innovation, more IP, faster time to market, Things around social change as well. Companies want to be more creative, whatever that means for them. So this is all in the wheelhouse of design, uh, design design-led innovation. It seems like that space has experienced rapid change. Technology possibly uh, influences the age demographics, but it just just feels like to me uh, that challenge of creating state-of-the-art design principles and practices is probably evolving very quickly right now is that am i correct or? you're you're spot on correct okay. it, it is very dynamic it's very um uh robust right now it's, it's changing it's increasing its scope of responsibilities and contributions to the business if you look at a lot of these large fortune 500s you see the rise of the chief design officer hmm. so now design okay. design has a, say, at, a seat at the table so wow. next to the cfo coo etc uh-huh. is sitting the the cdo so talking about design on a very, very top-line strategic level. Did Apple, has Apple and the, has, have they influenced the culture of design beyond the industries that they're in? Absolutely. Okay. So there's a joke in the industry in design where everybody wants to be the next Apple and design me the next iPod. But nobody can be <laughs> nobody can be Apple. A lot of it has to do with culture. They don't understand that. And they're risk adverse and they don't have, again, what we talk about, the process, the tools, the people, the strategy in place to do that. They just look at the output and say, make me one of those. Right. But it's not possible. That's why nobody can be Apple. Right. And Apple's kind of struggling to be Apple, too, in some ways. Yeah. I, would, I from a consumer's perspective, it seems to me since Steve Jobs passed away, the innovation 
coming out of Apple hasn't been at the same rate. And maybe it's coincidence, but it just feels like we haven't seen a breakthrough breakthrough product yet from them post him. I would agree. And, and what we talk about is design leadership, design okay. management okay. and design leadership. And I think that's a good case. Uh, does, Jobs wasn't, let's say, a, a designer by trade, but he was a great design leader. And mm-hmm. he really had that design, uh, you know, respect and positioning for the uh, for the company. Right. And so I don't say that they don't have design leadership, but their previous leader is not there. And you see design kind of going a little bit array and getting a little bit spread thin. So. Okay. Well, uh our first block is over, Jay Peters. We're going to take a short break, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you that listen regularly, regularly, you know this is a short break. So if you're listening to the stream live on octalkradio.net, no need to go anywhere. Trust me, we're going to be back just like that. For those of you that are listening to us as a podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or one of the other platforms, hang around. The next 60 seconds is value-packed content because it's probably uh, mentioned about one of the products or services that Rick Franzi and Critical Mass offer. So I'd like it and appreciate it if you would listen to the commercial. We'll be right back. All right. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show. And, you know, since we started in 2009, our show has reached several hundred thousand listeners through the live stream on octalkradio.net and the podcast platforms. Simply type in these four words in your favorite podcasting service to find your our show. Those four words are... Critical Mass Radio Show. Critical Mass Radio Show. And you will receive our weekly shows chucked full of great information with wonderful and interesting guests like our first guest today, Jay Peters, who is the managing director of both Park USA and Grow USA. You know, Jay, we had a really fun and interesting conversation. I think we're just scratching the surface on on design. And what we had talked about before we went on the air is that, you know, I keep thinking design, product, design software but you're talking about process design and 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 can you can you share with our audience a bit about the kind of work that you do with companies that is in that area of design not product and and not software sure so that's that's our focus that's our niche that's what separates us from let's say all the other design agencies out there that deliver design output okay we're about again the process the tools the people the organization the structure the strategy so uh, we come into a lot of organizations and we help them do their design better so more efficient more effective to deliver impact the right way to the to the business objectives um, and we do this for a lot of our clients so we set up their internal operations i kind of kid that we uh we do the non-sexy side of design, so designers can make sexy things. Okay, and um, that's kind of our position. So designers don't usually like to have too much of a uh, regimen. Right. They, you know, they people <laughs> think they want to be you know kind of this uh, freewheeling, but 
um, they understand that a process will help them do their job better. Especially faster. if it's collaborative design, I would think. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, when you have more than one person, which most major companies, right, they have a team of innovative people working on this, but they've got to be able to collaborate effectively. Absolutely. So it's 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 about collaboration, and, and you know, your listeners probably can relate to multidisciplinary. So it's yeah. not just about design. It's about bringing in those other internal stakeholders, so collaborating with marketing, R&D, logistics, whoever, but also outside collaboration. So bringing in those consumers or lead users to get that, whether insight or validation through the process to make sure what they're delivering is going to deliver uh, the most impact into that street to the strategic intent it was supposed to. So, so this is a tangential question, and it may be uh, uh, not fair. Stop me if it's not. I would think that part of building a robust design process is ensuring that the people who have to be a part of the process but aren't at the core of the innovation and design, some of the departments that you mentioned, whether they be accounting, marketing, sales, don't negatively impact the innovation that happens inside the design, but yet get fed the kind of information that they need to be a, a collaborative member of the team. Does that make sense? I mean, how, how do you bring in those non-innovative people to not harm the innovation? So it's really about uh, process and governance. Okay. So having the governance structure behind that process, so who's involved when. So really having a clear roles and responsibilities. Not everyone needs to be involved at certain times, right. uh, but they should be uh, somewhat part of the process, whether it's at the beginning, middle, or an end, or throughout. And the way that we work is we're management consultants, uh, but we're designers by background. So when we come into a client, we use some design methodologies to develop that process. For example, co-creation. Mm-hmm. So we bring in those multiple disciplinary stakeholders to develop their process with them, not for them. A lot of iterations, a lot of transparency through the organization, uh, piloting, refining, prototyping, and then we finally roll it out. So by the time it's rolled out to the organization, people know it. They're championed behind it. They were involved. And we know it's going to work because it was uh, co-created from the beginning. Do people call you in because they're not getting the innovation and design that they had hoped or because they want to try something different? I mean, how do you get into Because the kind of firms you do business with are these very large multinational recognized brands. Sure. How do you get a foothold in there to help them? So there's usually two types of engagements or, let's say, client calls that we get. One is the burning platform. Things aren't right. going well, and they need to change quick, and they know it. Uh, right. They're they're getting killed by the market or technology or innovation. So um, they know they need to change, and they're open to changes, and, and they look at some of our other client success and, and case studies and say, we need help in those regards. Or we have clients that are the market leaders, and they have the number one position, but they know that in order to stay there, they have to keep involving because wow. when you're on top, there's only one place to go. And everybody's gunning right. for you too, right? And so those organizations right. are smart, and they know that what they have, they can't rest on their laurels much longer. So they're about continuous improvement as well. So it may not be a new process, but refining it, integrating it with others, becoming more agile, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Are you finding um, Are you finding with uh, more and more of uh, the millennials coming into the workforce, is that driving any process change or recognition on collaboration is there anything happening because of the nature of the workforce changing as well a little bit um, not so much with our clients again we working with the large multinationals but uh, if you look at the millennial workforce a lot of people are working remotely so right. that changes things about not being able to let's say sit together and collaborate but doing that uh, virtually or remotely and uh, different uh, types of expertise, so you're able to kind of cherry-pick and bring in those certain expertise that's needed throughout a process to get those insights. So when you're working with your large clients, they mu- 
I assume they have global teams, which in and of itself is an opportunity and a challenge for collaboration, right? Absolutely. Cultural and time zones and just, just checking out and having to have a robust process so you know who's who in the zoo, I would think, too, yes. right? Yes. So, so, so it's kind of a – maybe we'll ring the gong here. See if, let me see if what I say makes sense. You tell me. that um, It's really important to have a robust process that allows for innovation is what I'm hearing from you. Maybe I'll change the word robust. Okay. Um, effective, yes. Okay. May not need to be robust. It okay. might be some streamlined and a little bit more simple, but you need to have a professional uh, developed process in place. Good design doesn't happen by chance. Okay. Can we ring the gong on that one? Say that again. Good design does not happen by chance. Okay. You kind of, in some ways, you kind of think it, it. The romantic idea of it is is that it does, right? Somebody's down with a piece of paper and an idea or a computer screen, and wow. They have inspiration. I think that's let's say the the common perception. Mm-hmm. The designers are creative and they you know uh, work in a black box and they <laughs> sprinkle fairy dust and out comes great design. Magic. But yes. when you're a professional designer, it's a profession just like everything else that has process, tools, governance, business responsibilities, and those are all pieces of the puzzle that need to be taken into consideration to deliver effective design. Yes. All right. Well, we only have a few minutes left here, and I'm sorry, but we're talking with Jay Peters, and, and he is many things. Two of them are managing director for both Park USA and Grow USA. I wanted to ask you about the Grow program. Uh, what is it for, and what does it focus on? So, Grow is our professional education business. Long story short, um, we know that there's a gap in the marketplace for designers that really understand professional design. We, we have an academic background uh, in design, a craftsman, a, a trade uh, to do design, but we're not taught business. So um, Grow was born by a request from our clients to professional, uh, professionally uh, train their internal designers. It was actually brought to us by Lego, one of our long-term clients. Mm-hmm. So Lego wanted to professionalize their education. Fortunately, they don't have a lot of turnover, so when they can get people to move to the middle of Denmark to work for them, they keep them, but they have to accelerate their career path and give them a reason to stay. So we train professional designers or engineers or developers, could be brand managers, to uh, more effectively, more efficiently manage design design management and ultimately design leadership. Mm-hmm. Is this um, or, organic IP that your company has developed? Do you bring best practices from a different different platforms? What is it that they experience? Um, so they experience um, basically the insights that we do in our consultancy. So okay. 90% of the time we're in companies working on these challenges, uh, real-world challenges. Then we come into a learning environment to teach them oh. what we do. That's so perfect. it is a lot of proprietary IP. About 80% is what we do in our consultancy. 20 30% is public domain. There's uh-huh. some case studies from maybe Harvard Business Review uh, or Fast Company. But what's interesting is we facilitate these groups because these are also working professionals with anywhere from 5 to 25 years experience. Hmm. So they have a lot to add and share their challenges and insights. And it's a really rich, dynamic program. It's delivered on uh, multimedia, so it facilitates distance learning. It's a combination between live lessons, remote lessons, um, and um, it's one of the most important things is application-based. So it's not theory. It's not academia. We come in and we inspire and educate, but then they have to apply the learnings in an assignment in their daily role so they already take those learnings and bring return on investment value back to the organization through this uh, program. So could... Middle market companies take advantage of this platform as well. Absolutely. Okay, so this is a this is a service that is offered to the middle market companies here in North America. Absolutely. Oh, great. Um, so we're almost out of time. My engineer's giving me the the sign. Uh, just a few minutes. 
what if someone wants to learn more about what we just talked about or about the actual practice of what you do for clients how do they find you online jay where, where, what website should they go to to learn more the best way to find us is online at empowering.design. That's our uh, umbrella brand that will take you to our three services. We have actually three services that we do, consultancy, education, and a, a, let's say a mastermind a networking group. Great. So that will take you to uh, the overview where you can find those individual websites and take you deeper into those services. This show is all about the power of peer learning. And what you what we're just ending on here sounds to me to be a really powerful way for people to benefit from your direct coaching with what you've done now uh, ladies and gentlemen you may not know because we talked about it before we were on the air but jay spent a number of years in europe working in europe and, and getting educated in europe um of all the places that you were there who where was the best food in your opinion best food where did you enjoy eating because it sounds like there's such rich, different diets that you could just... There is, and, you know, um, it maybe sounds a little obvious or cliche, but uh, I'm I'm part Italian, so you can't go wrong with the food in Italy, <laughs> the, the, the fresh food, but yeah. there's some other little hidden gems in Europe uh, yeah. as well. How about, um, I don't know, if you drink beer and wine? I do, and I spend a lot of time in Belgium, so if you love <laughs> beer, Belgium is the place to go. I'd ring the gong on that one, ladies and gentlemen, and that's going to do it for this segment of Critical Mass Radio Show. Jake, thank you for being an interesting guest. Uh, welcome to the Critical Mass community, and thanks for being a friend of the program today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the time, and it was my pleasure. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up then, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank our engineer for today's show, Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. And I'm your host, Richard Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show and podcast or the CEO peer groups that I chair, please visit my company's website, criticalmass4for.business.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.